Uh, today, we're starting our series different, and we're so excited about it. I want you to watch a video clip from the, the movie series Chosen, just an amazing movie series. And there's a moment in there where Jesus uh, calls Matthew, the tax collector, to follow him. Watch with me online. It's you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing? You want me to join you? Keep moving, street preacher. Do you have any idea what this guy's done? Do you even know him? Yes. Listen, I said to... What are you doing? Where do you think you're going? Guys, let me go. Have you lost your mind? You have money. Quintus protects you. No Jew lives as good as you. You're gonna throw it all away. Yes. You didn't get it when I chose you either. But this is different. I'm not a tax collector. Get used to different. I love when Peter says to Jesus, when Jesus called Peter, he says, well, that was different. And Jesus says, get used to different. All of us, we've all been through a lot the last few months. And we've had to get used to doing things different with COVID-19. And in the midst of that, we need to understand that we, God wants us to live differently. That this is truly an opportunity to begin to walk with Jesus differently. And as he shares with Peter, get used to different. We're going to study as we continue our journey through the book of John how Jesus enables us and calls us to live differently. And so as we're going to dig into a passage of Scripture today in John 8 where Jesus is speaking in the temple at the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Booths where They've been living in tents for seven days as God has instituted for them to remember what God has done in them. And the Pharisees and the Jews, they're, they're, they're fighting back. They're pushing back with Jesus. They're contradicting him. They're, they're being cynical towards him. And they're, they're denying Jesus and his claims. And so Jesus responds in John 8, verse 23 and 24, uh, a key passage this morning. And I want to read it to you, and uh, you can open your Bibles or, or follow along. He said to them, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So here he, he lets the, 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 the Pharisees know, listen, you're from, a, you're from below. You're earthly. You're going to die in your sins if you do not believe that I am. 
I am God. I am the Messiah who is to come. He says, but I am from above. I'm from heaven. And, and for that, meaning I'm different. But this is what's so amazing. We, we can understand Jesus making that claim. But then let's jump forward to his high priestly prayer in John 17. Let's, let's jump uh, where he's praying for his disciples who've been following him in John 17, 14. He says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. What he is sharing here is that I am not of the world in his prayer, but he's saying my disciples are not of the world either. As they've chosen to follow me, they are a new creation. Their, their goals are different. Their, their, their purpose is different. Their, their entire line of thinking is different. That is not to be of the world. So I want us all, as, you're, as we're sharing about this passage, is to understand that none of us, if we have placed our faith in Jesus Christ, are, to, are of the world. That we, God has given us different heart desires, different fundamental goals. Meaning, I, today, what Jesus, as we showed that clip, get used to different. I want all of us to get used to different, to begin to be so close to Jesus that our lifestyle is different and people take notice because we are not to be of the world. I love what Hebrews 11 shares here. That it shares about all these men and women of God that are serving God wholeheartedly. It says this, the world was not worthy of them. Well, I want you to know right now as I look at my heart and my life, I don't feel like that can be said of me yet, that the world was not worthy of Joey Rumble. But I want one day that when people write my history, that they say, the world, those that love Jesus, reflecting on my life, the world was not worthy of Joey Rumble. Man, I really want to be so like Jesus that people could say that about me one day. And that's why we're going through this series. So that we can be so in love with Jesus, so different, that people take notice. That people begin to be drawn because we're such a follower of Jesus. I want to read a, a, a little, just a snippet quoting from the book Logic of God by Ravi Zacharias. Because this, I believe, really captures what we're striving to do in this series. I re and this is him reflecting. Ravi shares, I remember well in the early days of my Christian faith, talking with a Hindu man. He was questioning the strident claims of the followers of Christ as being something supernatural. He absolutely insisted conversion was nothing more than a decision to lead a more ethical life, and that in most cases it was not any different to those claims than any other ethical religions. So far, his argument was not anything new. But then he said something I have never forgotten and often reflect upon, and Ravi says this, from what the Hindu man shared with him. If this conversion is truly supernatural, why is it not more evident in the lives of so many Christians I know? 
If this conversion is truly supernatural, why is it not more evident in the lives of so many Christians I know? This is where we want to make sure our lifestyle begins to be like Jesus. And so why, why don't we reflect more of a supernatural life? And I believe it's very basic. I believe we get caught up in the world and then we don't live different because of it. Even though we have been, we've been created as a new creation, supernatural, or we have a season where we're really doing it. We're really living for the Lord, but then we ca- get caught back up in the world. And so wherever you are in your walk with the Lord, we're going to learn to be uh, different. Before I continue on, as I'm sharing about Ravi and a quote from him, I want to encourage you to be praying for Ravi Zacharias. He's uh, been diagnosed with uh, terminal cancer and uh, doctors are saying there's nothing more they can do and I want to encourage you to be praying for Ravi and the whole RZIM team and uh, Ravi's family for comfort and for God to do a miracle there. But it's looking like the Lord, and I know God can intervene and, take, uh, and do a miracle and we're praying for that. But also maybe the Lord's saying, hey Ravi, it's time to come home. I love you. Great job doing your mission. Either way, let's be praying and interceding for Ravi. See, we're to be different because we are not of this world. And I want us to come through this COVID-19 challenging time different personally and as families and as a church. So I really believe there are three areas I want us to lean in today to be different. And the first one is to suffer differently. Each one of us need to learn how to suffer differently. To be not of the world in our actions. I really believe as we go through challenging times, which all of us will, currently maybe we are or in the future will, that we need to stand out that we suffer differently, not like the world. And I don't know about you, but man, I've really had to suffer differently. I mean, we're talking suffering to have to drive through and get my food through a drive through instead of being able to sit in a restaurant. Man, that is suffering. I tell you what. Some of you had to cook where you're not used to cooking and now because of COVID-19, you're having to cook. Or maybe you're having to eat someone's cooking that you hadn't had to eat before. Just, just kidding. But you can look over as you're watching with someone online. You may not want to look at them about that if it hadn't been that good. <laughs> And obviously I'm joking, but in all seriousness, in our culture right now, we've seen personally up up close or watching in the news, people who've lost loved ones. People who've, uh, I personally have seen people in our congregation who have not been able to go to the hospital when their loved ones are having surgery or, or struggling for their lives. It may be that you've lost your job and you're struggling financially. And you're suffering and wondering where you're going to be able to take that next step. Maybe it was your, you're so fired up about your senior year and your graduation was or is going to be different. Or maybe it was that sports team you were playing on that you were believing this year and that you, your season got canceled as you were in school. Maybe physical suffering you're struggling with or depression or isolation. These are all very real. 
But God wasn't caught off guard, and he enables us to suffer in a, in a, a way that we honor the Lord and bear up under it. So I want you to know, my heart is praying for you. My, we're praying for you as a church. As we all face some challenging times. So how do we suffer differently? We go to Scripture. We go to Scripture to learn how to suffer differently. In John 16, verse 32 and 33, Jesus tells his disciples, a time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered. He's letting his disciples know, hey, I'm not going to be here. You're going to be scattered. Each of you to your own home, you will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I believe right here, this passage of Scripture teaches so much about how to suffer differently than those who are of the world. This is why if you haven't placed your faith in Christ, you need to. Because you're able to bear up under suffering in a supernatural way that only Christians can do because of the promises we see from God. So how do we suffer? We suffer knowing we're not alone. We suffer knowing that we have peace. We suffer knowing that Christ has overcome the battle for us on the cross. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That word, take heart there, means to be of good courage in the Greek, to be bold. So Jesus is telling his disciples, yeah, you're going to suffer. You're going to face troubles, but man, you be of good courage. You be bold, followers of Jesus, because I have overcome the world. There's another passage of Scripture that we see is uh, James 1, 2, and 3. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Here we see from this passage, we can suffer differently with joy because it produces perseverance in us. So that's why when Scripture says to live is Christ, to die is gain, that this isn't our home. We have a heavenly home when we pass away from this earth and graduate from this earth. So we can understand while here on earth when we're going through a tough time, not minimizing it. I'm not minimizing the pain we go through. I'm not minimizing the suffering I go through or you go through. And many of you I know are going through much more suffering than I am. Please know my heart. I'm not minimizing it. But I want you to know the God of all creation, even though sometimes we don't understand why we suffer, we can look to the cross. The God who created us took the hit for us on the cross. We saw that we see that He suffered for our suffering. And because of that, we can suffer differently. Number two is we need to learn how to fight differently. If we're going to be, live a lifestyle that stands out, not of the world, we need to fight differently. In 2 Corinthians 10.4, Scripture says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. 
We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. So we fight differently from the world. That means when we have opposition on the job, in our community, online, Facebook, social media, somewhere, we fight differently. We think before we throw a certain post out there or make a comment to one of our employees or to our boss that we know that there needs to be a fight, but we need to fight differently. See, the Scripture doesn't say that we don't fight. It says we f- the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. I'm not in any way saying you shouldn't fight. Scripture, for, uh, you see so many times in the New Testament where, how uh, Scripture's teaching us how to fight. So how do we fight? I believe the number one way we fight is in prayer. That we do spiritual warfare in prayer. That we get on our face before God and say, God, I don't like this situation. I'm about to lose my mind at work right now. Lord, you fight this battle for me. I believe I'm honoring you here, but I don't know what to do. You fight this battle for me. Lord, right now, I want my spouse to have it. I want this family member, man, I want to blitz them with my words. But God, I know right now my attitude's nasty. Change my attitude. And God, you fight this battle for me. Because I know you love me perfectly and these other people I'm interacting with perfectly. You see how you fight differently than the world here? And when you begin to learn and I begin to learn to fight in prayer like that, we begin to live this supernatural life. We begin to say, you know what? Maybe the world is not worthy of me (laughs) as to what my lifestyle that I'm living right now. Boy, I used to fight differently than that. Now I'm honoring the Lord. The victory's won on our knees. It really is. We know Christ went to the cross for us and purchased completely all the sins paid for, won the ultimate victory. But victory taken in right now is through Christ through prayer. Another one is love one another. If we're going to fight with the right weapons, we need to make sure that we love one another well. Remember the um, as, a, as a kid, you'd play Red Rover, Red Rover, send Renee right over, giving you my Summerbrook name, uh, send Renee, and everyone would grip really hard. So when the person came running over, that, 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 that grip was so hard they couldn't get through and break the bond. But think about that. You would be lined up with a bunch of classmates, and you're all fired up. No one's going to break this bond. That's how we fight in the kingdom of God. We hold on to Christian brothers and sisters' hands. We link arms together where the devil can't break that bond. And wh- why is that unity of all of us love by your love one for another? They'll know you're my disciples. It, what? Someone can break through at the weakest link. That's why we help one another to be encouraged to hold strong in unity. Us as a church, Summerbrook, you've been amazing through COVID-19. You've held strong. I've received so many encouraging messages from you. Thank you so much. We've seen our groups just pouring in and caring for people who are in of need. I called someone uh, just yesterday to check on his wife who had surgery. He says, listen, my group's taking care of me. Man, they brought meals. It's been amazing, the care and prayer that's going for me. 
There's love for one another is how you fight differently with a supernatural love one for another. So when you holler, Red Rover, Red Rover, send Susie right over, Susie can't break the bond. Another way we fight is with truth. That we speak the truth in love. As you're watching online, we're digging into God's word here. I want to encourage you to understand that do not let someone destroy their life without fighting for them. Not just in prayer, but tell them what they're doing wrong. Or if you feel like they'll receive it better from someone else, share with someone else who loves them and has a more trustworthy relationship about how to speak truth. I, I'm telling you, I don't want, I want it, I want it to be very hard for someone else to destroy their lives because I'm speaking truth into their lives. Right now, I want you to know I'm fighting for you. You're living in sin right now in an area that you're willing to tolerate, and I'm telling you right now, the truth is that sin will destroy your life. Jesus in the passage, John 8, 23 and 24 says, you will die in your sins. The sins you're compromising on right now, I'm telling you, quit it. Be honest with others. And see, that is a way I'm fighting for you in the name of Jesus. We can't let sin hold us back from what God has for us. The third area that we need to live differently in, to be not of the world in our lifestyle, is we need to believe differently. John 8, 23 and 24 shares, he said to them, you are not from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So what's he telling them? Listen, unless you believe, you will die in your sins. You need to believe differently and start to follow me. But also, as Christ followers, we need to believe differently in every area of our life. There's a, a really common phrase now called the new normal. And we share it and say it, and, and we definitely see it. But you know my heart prayer for Christians in our church, what the new normal I'm praying is? Repentance. Repentance. That the new normal in Christians' lives is I'm not going to tolerate sin in my life because it takes me away from intimacy with Christ. I really want to see the new normal be repentance in our church and in our personal lives that we'll no longer tolerate sin, but we'll turn the other way. I feel like what we see in John 8, verse 29 and 30 at the end of this interaction with them, the, the part of the end of this interaction in John 8, 29 shares, and he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. So you see what? Some of the Pharisees and the Jews, they're starting to believe differently. They're starting to place their faith in Christ. They're, 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 there's movement beginning. And I want us to look at the church as a whole and how they began to believe differently. As Jesus ascended to the Father after the resurrection 
in Acts chapter 11, I want to share this beautiful story where Cornelius, who was a centurion, a Gentile, who was leading a, a, a hundred soldiers, and he was one of the top six. And that, and that, and in the, in that, uh, as a, a, a soldier that was overseeing a hundred soldiers, and that's what they would call a centurion. He has a vision, and then Peter has a, a, God speaks to him as well that in a, in a vision that he's supposed to follow and go speak to Cornelius. And what we see in the passage of Scripture is that as he shares his faith in Jesus and what Christ has done, the Holy Spirit is poured out on the Gentiles, uh, the um, Cornelius' centurion, and all that are there, because he gathered a bunch of people, family and friends and those to be there. Holy Spirit's poured out on them. And Peter's sitting there blown away because up to that point, they believed that uh, God's forgiveness, the repentance was only for the Jews, for them, not for the Gentiles. And what's God doing? He's helping the church begin to believe differently. So we come back where we see that there is a gathering of Christians that discuss what happens with Peter here. And I'll read it to you in Acts 11, verse 15. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, just as on us at the beginning. And I remember the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus, what was I that I could stand in, in, in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent, and they glorified God, saying, then the Gentiles also, God has granted repentance that leads to life. <laughs> Look at the transition of the church here. They now believe that the gospel is for everybody, not just the Jews. You know what that, the, what that response is? That means us, if we're Gentiles, unless you're Jewish, that we're here today serving the Lord online as you're listening. Because of the, what God did where the, the church began to believe differently. I really believe that this is a great opportunity for the church to begin to believe differently as we are, are journeying through this uh, uh, COVID-19 and we're having to do things differently. It is an opportunity for the church to rise up and believe differently and to begin to learn how to do things differently to further the gospel just like the church did in Acts chapter 11. How else do we believe differently? I believe in Matthew 6, 10 it shares, your kingdom, this is Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now that is believing in your prayer life differently. When it shares, Jesus is teaching us, and he's, as he's teaching his disciples, he's teaching us as well, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That verse got a hold of me this week. You talk about getting used to different. We need to get used to different prayers. Our prayers need to be bigger. They need to be bolder. Our Savior, the one who died on the cross for us, is saying, you pray. You pray. 